This episode is brought to you by the Weather Channel. It's suggested that brands avoid using sound effects in podcast ads. And remember to speak in a chill tone. Well, here's a suggestion for everyday life. Tap into the Weather Channel app. It's loaded with insights that help you manage your allergies, breathe easy, and use your outside voice. What in the weather are you waiting for? Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Here we are then, the first thing people who've come to listen to our podcast will ever hear. Me introducing myself as Ivo Graham. And I'm Alex Keeley. But, <laughs> and me introducing myself as Alex Keeley. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do it in the same format? I didn't roll with the improvisational punches that I feel. I was like, Great to be having a row so early. <laughs> That's perfect. And if you think, this is a bit stressful, listening to two best friends argue. That's exactly what we're aiming for. We've decided to make a podcast called Gig Pigs. This is the first episode of that podcast, Gig Pigs. You, you must have worked that out as you clicked on Gig Pigs episode one. But nonetheless, we're emphasising it again for ourselves because our chronology is all over the place. <laughs> but not for this episode. This is the first episode of Gig Pigs, a podcast where we take our guests to a live music gig and then we talk about it. And memories of live music in general. The point is you've got to do podcasts about what you like and what you would be doing anyway. And what we would be doing anyway is going to gigs with each other and often our friends. That's been a real cornerstone of our decade and a half of adult friendship. But we've definitely upgraded that faff-wise by <laughs> trying to make a podcast about it where we go to a lot more gigs, take a lot more people, crucially always different people, to those gigs... And then also talk to them about the gigs, but not actually on the night we go to the gig. So that's another meetup for them. We had a, such a lovely time with, oh, so lucky to be starting with these two guests. We ourselves, two best friends who like going to music together. What better way to introduce not just the music theme of the podcast, but the friendship theme of the podcast than getting to real life and on screen best friends, Rose Matafeo and Emma City. BFFs who went to more gigs over the last year together than we did. They're living gig pigs for real. <laughs> Whereas we really had to sort of drive ourselves into this performative friendship. They certainly seemed neck and neck and they've managed to achieve that without a shared Google spreadsheet uh, to, to achieve that miserable fact. spreadsheet. <laughs> very well colour coded in its defence. Very... Uh, not a colour is wasted. Some, some are born to colour code the spreadsheet and some are born to read only and never edit the spreadsheet. <laughs> I'm glad to have been described as someone who's reading a spreadsheet there. <laughs> uh, so that's the podcast. I think we're really happy with where we started here. Firstly with Rose and Emma, but also with the band. And that band is Franz Ferdinand, Heroes of the Noughties, multi-hit, multi-wonders. We love Franz Ferdinand and have discussed our shared love of Franz Ferdinand and our respective loves, sometimes for slightly different Franz Ferdinand albums, for years. And here we were getting to go to them with two people who not only also have loved them for as long as we have, but have actually quite a special relationship with the band. So, you know, of course, in some ways, this podcast is a colossal amount of faff, but we're also really spoiling you. The chronology of this podcast is often going to be pretty confusing and spaghetti, but this is not the case here. This is the first episode releasing and the first episode we recorded. We've got some fantastic episodes coming up for you. We've got Ed Gamble taking us to a metal band. We've taken Tom Rosenthal to the continent to watch some live music and we can't wait to share that with you. But yeah, here we are not knowing how to start our podcast and now let's cut to us not really knowing how to start the podcast with Emma and Rose. We're recording. Oh wow. That's great. 
I've like been focusing on this so much. I'm like, oh yeah, the format. But you've you've been, you've been thinking about the format for the last constantly. I've been saying things to you that uh, <laughs> I, I've just had to tell myself that you'd have agreed with or laughed at if you weren't so intensely focused on the microphone. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just take that as a laugh. Even Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the pressure's off from us. We're just happy to be here. Yeah, we're um, but I'm happy to be there too. I think it's it's four way happiness to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah every I podcast so. asking if the pressure's on or off. From <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, it's on today. <laughs> That is very much on. Well, the pressure is on, Emma, and I'm going to hold my hand up to that on air and say that Alex and I are recording our first proper episode of this podcast that we've got very high hopes for in terms of, if nothing else, it's enhancement of our friendship and our music consumption. So you are both... Alex, do you want to say the pun that you said to me on WhatsApp? This episode is less gig pigs and more guinea pigs. Fantastic. Don't think Emma... I don't think Emma even knows that the podcast is called Gig Pigs. But, no, uh, I didn't actually. That's cool. That's a good name. There'll be a producer's note just before it, just yeah. chiming in to explain. Um, nonetheless, the guinea pigs thing stands. And it's also very greedy to have two guests. But we are very lucky to have Emma City and Rose Show from Starstruck and Climaxed with oh, us here oh, today. Ivo, how uh, dare stop you? Stop it. Alex and I were very excited to watch Franz Ferdinand together in October, but we were very excited to watch it with both of you. So not necessary to talk about now, but we may, of course, come back to them. If you could introduce yourselves with how many gigs you've been to roughly in the last calendar year, what your first ever gig was and what your favourite ever gig has been. Okay, so I've been thinking about this year. I think I'm on six, which I'm slightly disappointed by, but... We're post-pandemic, we're coming out of this... Is it arguable to say it's post-pandemic? Let's not get into that. Some people would say people are bouncing back harder than ever before and they're making yeah. up for lost time. But I'd say we're still slightly sleepwalking through life and <laughs> not really knowing 100% what, what we're able to do. Slightly, but to an extent, Swinging London has returned. So there have been gigs, I've gone to six, and it could be worse, and one of them was a festival, so that's kind of chunky. <laughs> I'm on eight for gigs. Eight, are you? Yeah, because you upgraded one of mine to a gig, thankfully. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was there was an argument because it was David Byrne in New York, but yeah. his Broadway residency... And we're kind of asking, does that count as a gig? Because yes. yes. it does count as a yeah, gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Big a sophisticated time. gig. It's a, it's right. Yeah. It's a smart, it's a gig square. What is the difference between a gig and a show? You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> if it's got a program, does it count as a gig? Well, you know what? I went to it's Tina Turner, gig. the musical. Yeah. No spoilers, but it turns into a gig at the end. So. And you feel like you're just hanging out on a, at a tweet, you know, arena show. So maybe that's a gig. What's our differentiating point? It's so hard. Well, because we just counted a festival, though. You're going to count festivals when you ask people this? I think so. And we said we'd count it as one, even yeah. though, obviously, you can do a festival to vastly different extents. Yeah. And we discussed maybe it was one per day. But ultimately, we're not drawing up some score sheet. Does a rave count? People like, oh, does a rave count? Does David Byrne count? Does Tina turn on the musical count? Does a rave count? Uh, the, yeah. The thing is, we're, we're here to discuss what I would consider, and obviously we're basic boys, quite a pure definition and quite a lazy way of a gig, which is us going to watch a live band that yeah. we liked when we were teenagers. Ideally in standing way. up, beers at the back, that sort of thing. We're hitting some of the key gig debate points here. I didn't even think weeks. this one. Episode one of Gig Pigs, minute one, what is a gig? This is what we've come together for. I think that the standing up beers at the back, that's so clever. Can you get a beer during the show? If you can, it's a gig. One thing we could come to with both of you, uh, and it's uh, one of our rejected intro questions was most recent gig but I think it's relevant to anyone who doesn't know that your friends IRL that your most recent gig that you both went to see was the same gig yeah but that's sort of the nature with it for a lot of six and eight gigs that we've seen this year I think how many together it was eh? five or six together one wow. two three yeah. four that's very yeah. nice yeah, we're I, I, codependent. I'm already yeah. envisaging a f quite a weird future for Alex because we really want to commit to this podcast. Like, we've sort of discussed this already, but like every gig that I'm now thinking about in the future, and Alex was high up the list anyway as a best friend with very similar music taste, but now it's signing up to a huge extra proportion of life together. It'll be yeah. lovely. But it's natural when we go to gigs together because we're friends. It's organic. Yeah. And it's organic. But then sometimes we split up. Like, I didn't want to go to Gaslight Anthem. Didn't want to go to Gaslight Anthem. Oh, and we were at Gaslight Anthem. Three quarters of this podcast has hugely enjoyed the Gaslight Anthem. <laughs> this was an interesting one because there were real moments where we decided to go... Like, I Pet Shop Boys, you went to Charlie yeah. X. Yeah, I think there are a lot of moments that I walked away from you at Glastonbury. Wow. I hope you didn't mind that. <laughs> That's, I was yeah, like, you did. I'm off now, Rose. 
But when I, like I saw it. the second set of footprints in the mud, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually understood what that quote means or where it's from, but, but it's close enough. There are some things like, you came to the Beths with me and maybe that wouldn't have been one you went to had no. I not been friends with no them. No way, you take yeah. me to loads of stuff. But I don't know if I go to enough stuff with you that you introduce, like... So you the initiator, Rose? No, not really, but Emma goes to a lot of stuff. I don't know if you've ever taken me to a music gig. That's bad, isn't you've it? Got I a boyfriend. need to get better at yeah. that. No, I don't. I go on my own. I went to Gaslight Anthem and I was like, what's wrong with going on your own to something? You should go on your own. It's great to go on your own. It'll be fine. And I went, loved it. It was brilliant going on my own. And as I left, this guy went, you're in Starstruck. Why are you here on your own? Isn't that amazing? You believe that? So I actually did get sort of told off for it. (laughs) (laughs) The the highs and lows of that sentence. There's a real... Yeah, yeah. Got recognised. It's lovely that I got recognised, but I also got a little bit told off. (laughs) What are you doing? Rude. I know, and I said, I just wanted to come, and he's like, "Mm." (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Maybe it was negging. Maybe it was flirting. I think it may have been. Yeah, maybe. I walked away. I mean, listen... Obviously, particularly with the Gaslight Anthem, a band Alex and I both love and endorse. And I'm looking at your denim jacket on the floor right in front of me right now. <laughs> but when you started talking about something that was bad about going to Gaslight Anthem, I was like, it surely is going to be some aspect of attention from the probably 90% male audience <laughs> of the Gaslight Anthem. Yeah, but good on them, you know. I really predicted what a lot of men would be wearing at that gig, and it was correct. Pretty yeah, terrible. denim jackets and trucker hats. Yeah. And I love to see it. <laughs> you know, sometimes you've got to represent what you like. That's what's very sweet. Yeah. Absolutely. We watched them at the Edinburgh Fringe where running too fast from the show to try and get to their gig. But obviously, if I had the day to prepare, my fashion choices would have reflected that. Sure. And it was nice because usually you go to those sorts of cultural events to get away from the 24-7 comedy of the Edinburgh Fringe. Right. But Brian Fallon did give us... Um, yeah, was he wisecracking at yours? He talked about, about five minutes about The Walking Dead between songs. I, I don't know. I don't think that's an exaggeration. He did a bit about it and then like did a song almost as a, like a, yeah, fine, a song. <laughs> and, uh, but I was like, anyway, back to my, <laughs> back to my riff. I've not seen that often the case of a riff being spread over two different bits into song. Emma, we've been talking about this, you and I, and we won't name the band, but you've been really emphatic about some certain bands needing to get their chat. Oh, the patter. Can you get a chat coach? Could bands get a chat coach? Totally. Mm. There there are some, absolutely that's the case. You need, Mm. well, you don't need it, but I would recommend getting (laughs) your patter fun, dynamic and surprising. (laughs) Because it completely elevates a gig. Yeah, this speaks to the last gig we went to, which was Yard Act. Oh, great pattern. Such great pattern. Electric pattern. What was he talking about? Like pizza joints in Leeds and. Being naughty about mortgages. He was being really naughty. But their lyrics speak to having good pattern. Yeah, the comedy would be incredible to have terrible pattern. At at some point, because he would just talk over sort of, you know, they would be playing their instruments underneath, and you're like, I don't even know if this is the song or if this is better right now. There's also the flip side that is incredible, which is zero pattern. Like zero, zero, yeah, zero. Yeah, yeah. Mind zero so patter. I once saw Van Morrison and the only patter was him screaming at his sound person to make the mic louder. <laughs> can you give, so can you give not... us a sample sentence? <laughs> Star of Radio 4. Larder! Larder! And that's all he said. And it was incredible. Like it was so pure. <laughs> so the next question is, what was the first live music gig you ever attended? Um, my first gig was the Spice Girls. Amazing. In 1997, I think, Jerry had just left. My dad got the tickets for me, my next door neighbour and my friend at school. We were seven, I think. It was at Earl's Court. It was the four of them except for Jerry. Wow, I remember it. Like, I, Sorry, wow, I remember it. Wow, comma. <laughs> I remember it. Like She's reading off an auto cue, sorry, just for, for people <laughs> yeah. listening at home. Wow, She's then I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> But really, it's just so fascinating to me that when you think about when you're younger, when something amazing happens in your life, you remember it like you're an adult. I really remember so much about that show. It was just exquisite, and I was so aware that I was at a Spice Girls gig and life doesn't get better than this. Love that that's my first gig. I feel very lucky. Yeah. I think best was Block Party around 2007, and a lot of that will just be the mood I was in, the mood of my friends, the yearning. I don't think we'd had sex yet. We were just so charged. And when Flux came on, they used to do this green laser show with it. And I just remember feeling, I probably had had like one beer and I remember feeling high as a kite, (laughs) elated. I just think 
that was a really special band at the time and still is, but I feel very grateful for seeing them back in the day. My, my really short answer to these things is first gig, can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> what was the long version? <laughs> the long version is, I remember, but I do remember specifically, bizarrely as a kid, like my early, one of my earliest memories was having a calendar, which I always found really funny as a kid to have a calendar, because what the fuck are you doing as a kid? Like, what do you have to put in a calendar? Like, oh, I've got to look forward to that. So I've got one month where I had nothing on the calendar. I remember on my bedroom wall. And nothing except for I'd written Smash Mouth are playing on one of the one of the days. Had no intention of going. Had no access to tickets. But was like, I just need to know that Smash Mouth are playing this in night. Auckland. Yeah, Auckland. Wow. Auckland. So you just needed to know they're in town. Yeah, that I, makes sense to me. Do you yeah, like, just, do you like heard, Smash Mouth? I I, I, I liked them at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ish. But I didn't like love them or obsess with them. But it's Smash again, you know, Mouth. Yeah. You've written Smash Mouth like Google Calendar writes like. Battle of the Boyne <laughs> holiday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like, 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 right, this doesn't change my life oh, in any way. Best gig, I'd say, if I had to pick, I was forced a gun to my head. Um, uh, Bert Bacharach in Melbourne in 2000 and, oh, what year would it have been? 10? 2010. I was 19. Why so good? Why so good? Because that, I mean, he's still alive, but that fucker is, you know, old. And I... I'm a huge Bert Bacharach fan, and the fact that I got that to see... Fucker. <laughs> that fucker. That <is laughs> fucker I'm a huge fan, and that fucker is old. <laughs> well, the thing is, is when you're fan, fans of, of of the past, you're so rarely given the opportunity to see people alive, you know? Yes. Like, like, the fact that he's still around, to like for me to have seen him, I was just... I was 19, I was like thrilled I went alone and um I waited outside the stage door for him and he never came out but about for about two hours but uh it was beautiful to see him even though he wasn't that great oh but but <laughs> it was your favorite because because he means so much to you not necessarily yeah. that gig was well also yeah and also Brian Wilson uh doing pet sounds in Brighton I saw with Paul Williams at a that, festival that fucker is old and that fucker is old no yeah I've seen him twice but I managed to see him twice so same you know. with Paul McCartney at Glass yeah. You had to go there. You had to see it. And it was amazing. But Jesus Christ, it was also just knowing that you're seeing Paul McCartney. Remember how badly I reacted to that guy um, texting oh. me, um, like basically the eye roll emoji about Paul McCartney? Yeah, and I cut him so. out, And I cut him out of it. Like, I cut him out. Like, yeah. I've, I've never ever mentioned. And that was me doing a cut. Yeah. Uh, Did, wait, sorry. Was, was someone someone you were messaging well, with? Well, yeah, like, because everyone's, you know, who wherever at Glastonbury, everyone you know. And then, like, you know when people are like, oh, you know, you've seen this, you've seen this. And then it was like, Paul McCartney. Oh, yeah, whatever. Like, you can't say that. No. Yeah. Wake up, dude. Wake up. What Is country this? are you living in? <laughs> Great Britain. <laughs> We're very keen to be broadly pretty reverent and respectful <laughs> podcast. That's all the more delicate here because we are talking about a concert we went to by a band that Rose had a direct connection to. So perhaps it's more fun to ask Emma, um, how have you enjoyed or not enjoyed having to be a sort of Franz Ferdinand superfan slash friend-in-law? Right. Well, to me, it's a total and utter treat and pleasure because I loved them as a teenager so much. They were one of those real CD in your first car kind of bands for me, for my age. So it's so just you're not been... trying to sort of cynically win an award by talking about getting booted off a message board? No, absolutely not. Oh, I, am I not allowed to talk for this bit? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 is that why you've expressly gone, oh, 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 I'll talk to Emma and, and we won't talk to Rosie. We're going to keep her for that. And then absolutely diss me in that I'll be silent. Turn the mic off. What an incorrect use of cynical as if like, yeah, obviously if you want to win the Edinburgh Comedy Awards, you've got to just start being a French She hacked the system. Yeah. I, I did, think yeah. charmingly, like charmingly was the, was the word I was, I was looking for. But that's great. Yeah, it's just brilliant. And obviously, I, you know, I, uh, when I do comedy, it's very unusual character comedy that is kind of insanely irrelevant. I couldn't talk about Franz Ferdinand really in my set because it would, I don't know, I think I'd talk about stuff like spaghetti or whatever. So, <laughs> I think it's, it's perfect. I think. I think. I think. You've got that four-part documentary series about spaghetti coming out soon, yeah. right? Oh, well, I mean, that's a good marker. Have you listened to Rose's... 
four-part documentary series about Franz Ferdinand? No, Words absolutely so not. What, no, no, why is that absolutely not? Because, you know, I think when you've... It's good. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's amazing, but I can't watch everything that Rose is in or listen to it because actually it's quite a lot of gear. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I have to go, how did that go? Brilliant. Well done, you. That's amazing. <laughs> Am I going to listen to it? I don't know. I'll be honest, I don't know. I'll tell you. Am I I'll tell you. Her? Yes. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I i appreciate that i don't think you should watch anything i do really but i didn't listen to any of the stuff before i recorded all of the intros and outros to it like the clips you mean yeah, so yeah. when i listened to it recently it was completely oh nice. new to me it's a lovely doc it's obviously very nostalgic you do learn a lot about the inner workings of the band have you listened to it i've listened to all four parts oh, as so i imagine lovely. any fan of franz ferdinand or rose matter or certainly both would have oh done. god uh, well now you're really getting me in it no. I, I will i'll have a christmas you got me listen. in it I've, it's on it's on my to listen list but yeah. i've not yeah it's just it's just to get the hosting a music podcast with rose yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you say that emma's a step away from it she truly isn't because like when i was doing the show and then met alex we were living together and so like yeah. we, i remember we did soho i did the show at Soho and then Alex came and we ended up hanging out with him. Yeah, that after, was the night then, I came, So yeah. you've known Alex really, to be honest, as much as I have. Kind of, not as yeah. well, but weirdly sort of as long. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, it's yeah. been lovely and he is, he is genuinely a great guy. I know. He's great. So yeah, it's been it's been total pleasure. So you're not just talking to us, the friends, but <laughs> a newbie, as you oh. say. It's a little, uh, no. Oh, what a blip to accuse me of being not just rude to you, but patronising to Emma. <laughs> that, that was, I was, That's I a real friend. She's on my side. Yeah. I said I don't listen to her stuff, and she's still on my yeah. side. You bar me from talking. I'll do this. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I was so the old divide and lose. To go <laughs> so busy listening to your podcast, I forgot to respect you in the actual conversation. <laughs> I'll say um, the first Franz Ferdinand album has a very special place in my heart and I think it was the first album I got where I was like, oh wait, they could just be good the whole way through. Like it was like it was like the first time where I was like, oh, there's just no flab here. It's just uh but you like you prefer the second one, eh? No. Love the second one. It's so hard. One. It's so hard. Well, no, yours favourite is tonight. Yeah, my favourite is tonight in the sense that I love tonight more than the average customer. Yeah. And so then it's my sure. favourite in a sense, in that most people seem to not care. And I really like it. I think the first album was one of the one, first the first CDs I ever bought with my own money. That, all of the Michael Jackson albums, of course. <laughs> it was the first bit of new music I ever, ever bought. Mm. Well, I was thinking with the second album, I had this memory of like a boost and I was trying to work out what it was when I was listening to it. And I remembered it's because an HMV the in the noughties, yeah. there's a booth where yeah. you can try out the album because yeah. it's seven quid. You don't even have that yet. You're yeah. not going to have that until your pocket money in two weeks' time. So you can at least kind of like get the sort of feel for it. And you go in the booth in HMV and like would just sit there and listen to the album. How cute is that? Yeah. I feel like my parents discussing mm. tech from the no, past. I know. I'm in heaven. I mean, it's, it's, it's pure distilled oh. 2005. And I'm and I'm deciding which album I'm going to buy when my pocket money comes in as well. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was Razorlight as well. I remember always popping in and listening to the second Razorlight album and weighing it up with the seven quid. It got, it got five stars from Q. Uh, so no, no weighing up required. That right. is bonkers. Its greatest fit, Phil, wasn't its greatest strength and weakness. It was just a strength after strength as far well, as Q were concerned. I like the I'm... first album. I don't mind a Razorlight, but... Save it for the Razorlight episode. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there will be. Don't, don't laugh at that. Don't laugh at that as an idea. Just releasing the laughter on our own pod. Because I thought it was weird that, thinking back to myself going, it was the first time I'd ever seen Franz Ferdinand. And most of my mid-noughties teenage obsessions I've seen either at the time or... Sorry, most. that was your first time? I didn't realise that was Same. your first time seeing... Maybe me too, yeah. Was it really? Yeah, didn't you say you'd seen them once? Oh, sorry. Oh, no. It was the first concert I'd, saw, I'd seen them at the Big Day Out, oh, 2005, right. six. Mm. That was the second time you saw Franz Ferdinand? It would have been the second time, I guess, officially, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I'd assumed, I'd assumed you would have seen... I was supposed to go to the other show at the Roundhouse like ages ago, but I was actually doing Soho at the same time, like my... Yeah. Right, you were doing You're the sure Soho, so you could have yeah, I know, that was quite funny. So it's a classic case of seen them twice, played with them once for Rosemary. Yes. Jesus! <laughs> that's the ratio. God, that's cool, <laughs> isn't it? Two weeks before we watched them at the Alley Pally, you'd performed with them on yeah. this morning. Julian, the keyboardist, couldn't be bothered coming down. No one Scotland. knew you were miming, but no one knew. So many people have asked me, they're like, wow, it's uh, incredible that Rose is in Franz Ferdinand now. And, uh, <laughs> and <everyone's laughs> so good at the keyboard. I'm like, ah, oh, you got it all wrong. 
Uh, yeah, do tell them they got it all wrong. Yeah, I'm it's hard we can tell them all wrong because people are very excited yeah, for yeah. you that you're so good at the keyboard and you're in Franz Ferdinand. Well, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> given, given that there's a song from their first album when they were like literally like just a fun band, like I reckon, uh, give me a couple of days, I could have learned that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You did have a couple of days. You just didn't want to. Why well, don't have a piano or a Fine, guitar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no means of practicing about. Literally, I was watching um mainly um YouTube videos about how to mime guitar. Mm. They could not have given less of a shit. And it really makes sense listening to the podcast now even more so of like, they're just up yeah. to stupid ideas it's like that. I wish I hadn't worn my Scotland jacket, but that's all right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I was a big champion of the Scotland jacket project at the Edinburgh Fringe this year. But it was a proud day. So actually, that Ali Pali was the first Franz Ferdinand headline concert rather than yeah. festival you'd ever seen of theirs. That's a big moment. What's weird though as well is because it's probably my first ever greatest hits tour show <laughs> of a band that I followed yeah. from the very beginning. And that feels really weird. The one I thing I thought didn't make me feel so old with Franz Ferdinand was the fact that their performance was so dynamic. Like, yeah. it was like, it was their first tour. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It just, mm. you didn't feel in any way that like, uh, these guys are kind of fed up with this material now. Completely. You know, it felt like, I think at one point I said, Alex Kaporis is the greatest showman. And I meant it. it <laughs> he just really emerged onto the stage, did a completely knockout show, left the stage. Well, that was That's interesting great. for listening to the um, the podcast, which I really highly recommend, Emma. Um, you got you to <laughs> yeah. check it out. Because it's so much to do with like the way they got together in the sense that it all happened so quickly and it they were like stoked to even like be doing these gigs and performances that they, that they never said no to anything but so like I feel like they've never become truly jaded of the experience right. also maybe Alex was a bit older when the band started Gosh, and, you know they're you the know. yard act of the naughty right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean yeah. where these things just happened and it's like yeah. oh god it's so beautiful the final episode of the podcast and I'm not just bringing this up to emphasize the fact that I've listened to all of it and enjoyed it but it's about the more recent years of the, the band and the fact that they've lost two of the four founding members and there are three new ones four if you include Rose. And it's very interesting about those because I'm sure even though they all seem to be great pals and the band has just kept moving sort of fantastically, COVID aside, it's obviously going to be tense on leaving a band and the sort of tension is hinted at a bit. But what it appears to have created for Alex and Bob who stayed is them having to decide how much it was worth it and then concluding that, yes, it was. So there's almost like defiant, like, yeah, we're still leading the charge and we've got three slightly newer, slightly younger That's people. That's the funny thing as well, when you're a band of music or bands or whatever, and when a band member leaves or a band member's replaced, it feels like, oh, it's over. Like, the band is over. Like, as soon as it's not original lineup, like, it almost feels like the potency of the band, or when you see them, you're like, oh, well, it's not even the original lineup, mm. so it's not what... But the way musicians work and music and stuff, and, and, like, they work with so many different people all the time. Band lineups change constantly before people become famous or whatever. It's just a funny thing I, I forget, and, and that's the same with Franz Ferdinand, I think, and that It's just mates fucking around, I suppose. Uh, yeah. And, but there were yeah. specific things about the showmanship that I found pathetically thrilling, like when they sort of jumped and did high kicks, or when like Alex and Bob walked in sync towards the audience, yeah. like with their guitars around their necks. This wasn't elite choreography, but it was just <laughs> a bit more than your average sort of guitar band. Yeah. And that combined with, obviously, the nostalgia and the quality of the songs did make it feel like exciting mm. it makes a difference because it's a show isn't it and you know with that many eyes on you they are interested in all your micro movements so if you give it a bit of las vegas flair in any way it instantly pays off that will sell those newer <laughs> tracks a bit harder <laughs> also in terms of feeling like old at the gig their showmanship you're feeling the band is young but when they're getting the whole audience to drop to their knees for this fire oh, that's a moment yeah. where you're asking a sort of uh, geriatric millennial slash Gen X crowd to like realize what their knee and back situation is. For sure. So I think that's the time when I felt old, not when it was like, it's this fire. I was like, oh, you ow. <laughs> My so knees. True. I saw Billie Eilish when she asked everyone to get to their knees, and I think that was easier for everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> faster. Yeah, it's more oh, the, the slight moment of hesitation when he starts going, oh, really? 
So we went in a lovely group of possibly unwieldy, but who are you going to kick out? A lovely group of 10 friends, some very, very dear friends of mine from university who yeah, had really bonded over France with a wedding over the summer. Oh, lovely. When matinee, the opening track of the Ali Pali was played. My friend, future Labour MP Rishi Patel, described the gig as like being transported to the early 2000s when life seemed a bit simpler and we took a Labour government for granted. Oh, but ultimately, gosh. I'm grateful to not be a hormonal teenager and that there's a smoking ban. So that's a lovely, <laughs> lovely bit of autobiography from Rishi. But during this fire, their closing song, I was so moved by having got such a big group together and what a great night it had been. I attempted to initiate something that had gone very well at an LCD sound system gig I'd been at earlier in the year, which was for the whole group to form a circle with our arms and sort of just jump up and down for a bit. And... I may have been wrong at LCD Sound System, but at that time, it felt like the best decision I'd ever made in my life. <laughs> Whereas at France, it was like, ah, it's too hard with 10 people, and it was too early in the song, and there was not a natural end point to it. And, I uh, knew you were going to bring this up because you were mortified by that. Yeah. And I, I think you've got it all wrong. You're seeing it from very much your perspective. You don't realise that that was actually a fabulous moment. And the fact it came to a natural end before the end of the song did not undermine it. It actually just meant it was a different chapter of the evening. And I think you should be proud of yourself. Thanks, you Emma. didn't know this fire was going to be that extended. You probably the circle was there for its album length. Yeah, like, yeah, for oh the, exactly. my God. Yeah. I know. I think it was actually before they got us all to sit down. So I was like, I can't believe I've, play, I've played my Joker before they played their Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Capronos doesn't usually get people to sit down. He just saw you were doing. Let's do another. Rose texted, of course. He's got me in a fucking huddle. Let's all sit down. Thank you, Emma. I can't claim that it was organic, obviously, having revealed a regret about it a month and a half later. But all the subgroups worked very well, but we did feel like a 10. All of us met beforehand at the starting gate for an expensive The thing line. that I found funny about that was about how, obviously, it's like the close. It's the pub that you would go to if you're going to Alexandra Palace. Yeah. And it's just next to the train station, then you would just see the walk up the hill. And then they were just playing mid-noughties bangers. And I assume that every night they just changed the setlist to whatever the band yeah. like of is yeah, I felt like a chump being like the Arctic Monkeys oh my god and they're playing the Arctic Monkeys <laughs> yes yeah. they've done the most basic bit of you got there's an arena and there'd always be like pubs on the way we walk on the way to there and there would genuinely be like cover bands like oh. cover bands of the band you're about to see which is so great it's so it's so fun they even do the same at the O2 yeah. The spoons within the O2 always plays the music that's just been on in the thing. It shows real respect. Uh, a friend of mine about seven years ago was like, oh, I never listened to the band on the day of the gig. I'm like, revision has to end wow. the night before. Like I don't want to have like heard that track on yeah. the day rather than like, oh, I listened to this half an hour ago. It's like, I want it to be fresh for that day at least. Interesting. Like when rugby players don't come the night before a game. <laughs> Or indeed any other sports players. So, and I can't remember, Freddie Lundberg of Arsenal had lots of articles written about him, but I can't remember whether it was because he did or did not come. You've remembered the Freddie Lundberg, but you can't remember the crucial <laughs> detail. Remember he definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. Do, I, do I have to or do I have to not? Um, I remember that say? he cared extremely. I'm sorry, Emma, because I, I feel like I can guess your take on this. Yeah. Listen to them hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. Go nuts all day. day of the gig. But it, I, to be honest, it revs me up. Like right, it right, really right, right. adds to my excitement. Because I, I was able to walk from where I live. I did a long walk to Ali Pali. I had Franz Ferdinand on. I'd listened to him a bit that week, I think. But I went nuts on this walk. Right. God, it was getting me there fast. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's a little bit each to their own, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's, it's such it's enjoyment for me. But to we arrived of... at the starting gate and you'd been there for three hours and you were hammered when we arrived. <laughs> 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 Lies. Just screaming fire <laughs> instead of drinks orders. That's funny. I love, Rose, that you guessed that. Yeah. But were you similar? I'm on the fence exactly because I wow. and also to be honest different for different artists I think sure but yeah I, I can see your point about though wanting to keep it like box fresh a little yeah, bit yeah that's really interesting it's yeah. quite a good idea maybe and we all kind of experience music in different unique ways <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? so it's each their own it is very much each their own until it's not. Sure, sure. <laughs> okay Rose yes? so your favourite song at the gig and the song that you wish they played Okay. 
Dark of the Matinee, I think, is just mm. one of my faves. Which they started It's all downhill with. from that. It's all downhill yeah. from the first track. Kind of. I'm gutted that they didn't play the song that I wanted them to play. But Dark of the Matinee, I think it was because, for me as a kid, it was always like the not obvious choice, like Take Me Out, yeah, whatever. But then Dark of the Matinee came out as a single and I was like, oh, this yeah. is actually really good. And the music video is really cool and they oh, look really hot in their schoolboy outfits. Yes. And I had to Google who Terry Wogan was or whatever um, yeah. to understand that lyric. And yeah, it was great. Three of the friends who came with us, of what it, the plan originated because we've been at a wedding in July. I yeah. texted you throughout this experience when they played matinee and not take me out which i thought was a, a huge credit to the wedding dj <laughs> in and of itself and then suddenly i was singing so i'm on bbc two now straight into the face of three other friends from you who i did not know with that word perfect on it and it was like well of course we're going to france now in october and so for us we were shouting that into each other's faces i love the rhythm of that moment and yeah. the, the differences and the yeah, yeah. like it's just so great we were talking about who terry wogan would be now if they if you released matinee uh, yeah. in Norton. 2020 it's a talk winkleman Graham Norton. Graham Norton. It would be Norton. Telling Graham yeah. Norton at even scans. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sorry, Claudia. Or um, Steph's packed lunch. Or Steph's packed lunch. And I'm on Steph's packed lunch. lunch. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That, is, that parody version has to come out. Um, song I wish they played, Stand on the Horizon, because I knew they'd played it in other gigs around the UK. It's probably top three. Fred's Ferdinand song. Wow, okay. And I love that song so much, and they didn't play it. And it made me really sad. Which song, sorry, Rose? Stand on the Horizon. Were you texting why? I just got Ramya's review of the gigs has just come in. But obviously, I would still prefer to bond with you about Stand on the Horizon. I knew it was a risk. Also, you couldn't just pretend that you heard what I said and waited for one other person to add any more level of context or detail. Oh. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I think we would have moved on without context. I think it was gone. Okay. And yeah, I want to bond so. with you about it. Let, let me bond for a second. I love Stand <laughs> on the Horizon. You should have texted your mate, Kapranos, and got him to play it in advance, knowing how much it means to both of oh, us. I said, I said to him after, didn't I? You did, actually, but it was too late, and he was he didn't even engage with it and as a criticism. you can't get too involved in an no, artist's work. Leave him alone. If they, you didn't want to play it, didn't want to play it. They played it in true. Manchester the, the night before. And it probably went terribly. Right? <laughs> 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 Emma, what was your best song and song you wish? So my best song that they played was Walk Away for kind of quite basic reasons that it's just my favourite Franz Ferdinand song anyway. I love it. I've always loved it. Then the one I wish they'd played and they didn't was Fade Together. And I think that's because when I was younger, that song, I didn't really understand what it was talking about and I just found it very whimsical and beautiful. But then I think when you're older and you've actually had relationships and lived and broken up with people or whatever or told someone they're a prick and <laughs> you still love them. You know, you kind of listen to that song in a new light and you go, God, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, but I understand why they didn't play it because it's Ali Pally and Fade Together is really <laughs> quite, you know... Can you give me the melody for Fade Together and... briefly? I've just had a mind blank on how it goes, sorry. Dum, 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 I don't know if we'll keep that in. <laughs> to get away with it rights-wise. Yeah. <laughs> Just enough. Yeah, I'm I deliberately one-fifth off. <laughs> yeah, 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 So yeah. that so the like, YouTube I'm algorithm can't detect it. Let's together. My favourite song was Outsiders. Um, I've always loved it. It was part of my pre-show playlist at the Fringe this year. Uh, obviously, friends have a year. Um, that's good. You don't find it triggering as a song of like, oh, Jesus, I have to go on stage. Uh, no. I broadly enjoyed my show this year. Um, anything from the anything from the, the 2018 pre-show playlist is, uh, is 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 not cropping up in many fave song uh, memories. So I liked finding out, and it was then made clear further on the podcast that Outsiders is a band favourite. Mm. They finished with it. They brought on the support act Los Bichos, oh, yeah. and like loads of people drummed, and the song came alive. So that was great. I'd like to formally apologise to Rose for not fully emotionally engaging with you, saying that you were sad they didn't play Stand on the Horizon. I felt the same. My feelings are the same as yours. Oh. And the line, who gives a damn about the profits of Tesco? And I think Alex and I would have really shouted that at each other. Yes. So it's sad mm. not to get a chance to do that. That's a great line. I really love that line. Because remember when you would read lyric sheets and CDs? Yes, these? you slipped like, them out. You slipped them out and then you'd learn them, you'd memorise them. And I didn't know, I, again, I'm from New Zealand, I didn't know what Tesco was. Mm. And, um, <laughs> what's, and the, sort what's, of, the big, what's the Tesco of New Zealand? How they, yeah, how they're changing that when they go on tour. Woolworths, Countdown. Woolworths, countdown. Who Christ! Gives a, I know. <laughs> 
all worth ten into countdown. What, what's crazy about that? That's a pointless answer. As in, like on the show, pointless. <laughs> What is New Zealand Tesco? No one's getting Woolworths. We think that is dead in the water. That's insane. That's true, actually. It's so, so cool weird. To know. Brands are capable of a bit of local based lyrical switchery because I remember when I saw them in Philadelphia in America in Ulysses, I think they changed. Did he say Ithaca? at some point, but he changes it to like Philadelphia and obviously there's a kind of Greek illusion yeah. there going on anyway. And so he did a like, did it in Philadelphia. Wow. <laughs> Guess what? Okay, very quickly, go around the circle, say, are you are you pro that or anti that? <laughs> Great. <laughs> very quickly, starting with Emma. Pro, big pro. Me, anti. I think it's probably just political if I choose Rose at this point. No, pro. <laughs> oh, sorry, anti. Uh, you went with pro. You have to be truthful. You have to be truthful. I'm, I think uh, if you could, do, if you did it once, if there was a sense from the audience that you were doing it in a really labour way, because Franz have got a few. Fucking hell. This a, was a two-option question. There's a point. I've stood up. There's a point in, um, <laughs> in Stand on the Horizon, which they should have played, where he sings about being in South Shields. Metro station, and if if like every reference was like in Philadelphia yeah. Metro station, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You'd, you'd think that was disgusting. But I think once quite nice. Show yeah, you I in, think I'm in intellectually anti, but obviously when it happened, I was like, yeah, he's he's done his homework. I think work. I'm just burnt by how many touring companies of like musicals have come to New Zealand. Yeah, right. And like to see like, oh, we will rock you, and then a man go like really we'll quickly. <laughs> Midway <laughs> through four. Yeah, we like, like, we're not in Auckland, New Zealand. <laughs> and you're like, shut up. I love it. It's the spirit of pantomime. That's true, yeah. Of saying, so. you know, rude things about people who live in Bagshot and the whole woking audience goes nuts. <laughs> I, I kind of love that if you bring that to like Franz Ferdinand and Alexander Palace. I, I, I can totally understand the reasons for anti, but the, the reasons for pro are too far. I want Franz Ferdinand to do a gig and woking and yeah, talking yeah, about exactly. <laughs> And I know in Camberley. <laughs> they suck. Have you done... I'm going to give my... Yeah, yeah, we haven't done yours. Question. So uh, I think my favourite was actually Evil Eye, and I say that because I'm a right thoughts, right words, right action... Denier. Denier, sceptic, agnostic, and... Uh, well, well, which is it? Because those are very I don't different. deny that it exists. Yeah, I'm you. agnostic you about its charms. Yeah. And I'm not sceptical about Evil Eye now. He turned to me during the gig and was like, I'm quite enjoying this actually. Yeah, ah. and it's the, and it was my post-gig earworm for a week. And so it's like What's not the one of the next car. Yeah, it's just such a banger. Loved it. And then I think You mistake me out, of course, went to the bar. I didn't mistake me out. I went you to the bathroom to in, in probably a right thoughts, right words, right action song. I'll check right now. And then heard take me out. I bet. You bet, that there, was a, you bet there was a right I'll put you, money. You bet, I love it. I love it. You bet there was a right thoughts, right words, right actions on directly before Take Me Out. Or Take Me Out. Because that's the only reason I'll have gone oh, to the loo. There was. Yes. You, get the, you get the money, whatever the money was, I'll pay it to you. What was it? It was Love Illumination. Sorry. Uh, and you used the set list app, you banned him I, for I that. Yeah, I to win me money, to win me money, to be bad. I couldn't remember what song was directly before Take Me Out. You're right. I I'm happy. I thought the same. Guinea pigs saw something in that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the, the guinea, guinea pigs. pigs so a lot. <laughs> I managed to get out of the auditorium by the end of Love Illumination. I was walking down the stairs to the loo, and then I heard "Take Me Outside," and I was like immediately back into the. Yeah. So you so didn't, didn't even go to the loo. I, I think I then didn't go to the loo for the rest of the gig. Yeah, good on you. Sometimes <laughs> you have to make that call. That's sneakily put on elimination before take me out. I think that's sneaky. That's oh, sneaky yeah. stuff. How late in the Louvre is it? Would you go to the opening? What just? Yeah, you saying? If you're still test myself, take me out. Is that where we're? Is that where we're at? If you're, if you're still at your right, it's, a, it's actually a horrible hypothetical. And the song that I wish they played. <laughs> I suppose is basically I just wanted we got lucid dreams, the Mike Fraser mix, the sort of classic single mix, and I think I'd have loved. I'm sort of very obsessed that I want to have my cake and eat it. I want them to do that song yeah. and then just transition to the last three minutes of the Tonight version of Lucid Dreams where we just get the kind of Justice-esque house freak out after having our... So it's like a completely different band. There's this one song on, on Tonight where I think that album version is like nine minutes long and it turns into a sort of grindy electro breakdown. Oh, so wow. good. And that's what so Alex good. wanted. Yeah. I wanted that. I wanted, I the, I wanted the original single, single and I wanted to go like... And then just three minutes of that. And then them banging lots of drums. I'm pretty sure on the Tonight Tour they were doing that electro mm, version of it. You would have thought Lost Bitches could help them out. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to support at Lost Bitches who we didn't see. All right, how many gigs out of pig did we give? How many gigs out of pig? How many gigs in the sky did we give? It's 
<laughs> you shouldn't have put me on a first podcast. I really wanted to establish a lot of features that yeah, yeah, I would yeah, not yeah. be there for for other episodes. You want to John the Baptist the this thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't really want to rate gigs like that. Um, should we do some recommendations of if you want? Oh, that was, sorry, that was yes, your great idea. Up. Yes, sorry. Just like it, it can be an album, it can be a gig yeah. that you've got coming up, it can be something to do with music that you've enjoyed. I would like to recommend, but it's quite a basic recommendation, this. But I'm going to see the 1975 in March, I think. The set for this show looks unbelievable. I can't wait. It's like a... It looks like an Ibsen play. Of it? Yeah, it's like an Ibsen play. It's crazy. It's like something in the Royal Court. It's like a flat. And I just love the way that Matty Healy is doing some persona stuff. If we're talking about patter, like, the guy goes for it. I saw them in 2016, and he was like, look, Brexit's fucked, but we've got to be friends. And I was into it. So, yeah, so I, I really, really can't wait. And um, I just think they're quite a fun mega band at the moment when very few kind of exist. Mm. I think that basically in my future exists me being a 1975 fan, but I yes, find elements of his elements of their like non-musical vibe so irritating totally. that, I, that, I, that I just know it's not even like I think I'm better at this music it's like no I, I know that I will like this I, like, there's been enough people I know that love them that I'm like yeah. that, if I could if I listen to them I will he's not doing drugs because he, he knows he'll love them yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I, but I find, but but also specifically, I find externally not having consumed those drugs as drugs lame. Like there's like one Twitter video I've seen of him answering some questions in interviews. Oh, I'm like, I can't. Of course, I can't do this. But I get a, a lot of stick. I think sometimes for being a 1975 fan. But I really am crazy about the music, and I quite like that someone's sticking their head out and being a slightly nutty personality. Yeah, yeah. There's a sort of basic part of me that loves a bit of rock and roll bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of outrageous. You just want someone touching themselves on stage yeah. in an set whilst like, everyone is screaming their nuts off. Someone who you can genuinely think, who do you think you are? Great. And you're like, oh, the 975 frontman, fair enough. People There's will a... give appearance something to worry about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, but it's like, it's every generation. It's like for Elvis, it's like, he's waggling his hips whereas now it's Matt Healy's jerking off on stage it's like <laughs> you have to, there's no there's no like behind curtains oh like God. gossamer like it's yeah. just he's, he's wanking horrendous <laughs> not a recommendation but a shout out if anyone has access to a car and would like to go to some sort of Northern Soul event outside of London I'd love that I'd always wanted to go to a Northern Soul all nighter I actually want to do that now. I've been listening to Northern Soul recently. Well, now you finally Yeah, yeah, it. I finally Neither got into it. Car. But the thing is, we've got to go find a genuinely old... They do them in the 100 Club sometimes. Mm. And I think we should try and go. There's ones in London. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be really fun and we'd meet some really interesting people. But your ultimate pilgrimage is to go out of London by car. Yeah. Because mm. I've been on some forums, some very interesting forums, Northern Soul forums, events pages on Facebook and stuff and they are proper all-nighters. They're still doing them, you know. So exciting. A recommendation and a sort of a resolution almost. Yeah, An invitation, oh, yeah. a request. You Future app. I might Future see app. you there, Future yeah. App. Absolutely. My recommendation is, and you feel like it's just plugging a different podcast, but go listen to the BBC Sounds, the, the Soul Music episode of Nick Cave's Into My Arms. Mm. If you've not listened to Soul Music, it's... Uh, a kind of audio collage of lots of people, but just members of the public, some famous people, that they're like emotional experience that song. I think your sort of par in soul music is like three cries an episode, I'd say. That whole series is great, but the, the Nick Cave episode's very good. I've it's listened to this podcast before, the yes. Yeah, that's an amazing series. Yeah. <gasps> cool. I'm just going to recommend Before You Gotta Go by Courtney Barnett, because my daughter just sung it stunningly this morning and it's the only non like we're getting her into some adult songs now but like fun stuff like ABBA she likes ABBA and I've managed to get her into a couple of confidence man songs because they're quite fun and silly but before you got to go it's obviously catchy but it's basically an, it's an indie tune it's the first indie tune that I've accidentally emotionally invested her in and, um, <laughs> and it's and I already was a huge Courtney Barnett fan but I feel such a pathetically deep emotional investment in her and particularly that song now that's um, so nice. The song is called Before You Gotta Go, and you can imagine it's got a sort of classic sort of gotta go, 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 go sort of refrain that any three-year-old can basically <laughs> swing on to. There you go. We've got another review of it from my friend Romeo, which I think is just a lovely positive summary of our various positive experiences. One of the things, by the way, she says, best experience, 
Capranus and Co. teasing us with this fire with half the crowd crouching and bobbing through the extended intro. A, she says half the crowd did it. B, no mention of my huddle. Fine. <laughs> um, and during the extended intro, that's early in the song, but her summary is, Franz Ferdinand's pulsating riffs and dark lyrics showed no signs of age as the band had us bouncing all night, strengthening their place in my all-time indie dance floor heroes list. What a lovely review. <laughs> yeah, an amazing review. Real right. for a local newspaper, but yeah. not local. Um, <laughs> national. <laughs> the Woking Gazette. Yeah, <laughs> I think that is what it's called, yeah. Well, lovely to both showcase and diss our friends. When does series three of Starstruck come out? Um, not sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying yeah, to give you sometime next year. Like words so leisured. Uh, Rose is the narrator of a brilliant four-part yes. documentary oh, podcast yeah. about Franz Ferdinand, and that's the only project in your life. That's the only project in my life. Except no, yeah, you should go listen to that. It's uh, on wherever your podcasts you get. Your, I hate that phrase. Wherever you get your podcasts. Emma, do you have anything to vlog? Not really. I mean, I did an audio book recently called Before I Do, which I really enjoyed. I loved reading it. So if you find my voice non-horrific, you could check it out on uh, wherever you get your audio. <laughs> Audible, Before I Do by Sophie Cousins. It's come out quite recently. I thought it was a real laugh, real fun. So, yeah. I'm not sure when this goes out, but I might either have or will be guest hosting Pointless. Oh. Right, that's a good plug, I'm actually. I'm not sure when. <laughs> you heard it here first. Available wherever you get your pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on this podcast, Rose and Emma. Yeah. I think it's been a real treat. How have you found it? I found it really good and hope that anything has come out of it. Aww. Support live music. Support. Support. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. That's our first episode. We hope you enjoyed that. We hope that sets the tone of the podcast going forward. Yes, uh, warm, broadly pretty granular about various aspects of the live music experience but that's very much what we're trying to do here and we'd love you to contribute with your own insights on these sort of quite crucial pinch points whether you've ever been on the way to the loo at a concert and then turned around because uh, the band's best known song was being played have you ever found a band's substitution of a place name and a song lyric for a local landmark to be disingenuous or charming or disgusting have you ever tried to start a very much overthought and non-spontaneous group huddle during a closing track? All those stories and more, very welcome at gigspigspodcast at gmail.com. Gigpig. Gigpigs. <laughs> if, you, if you send it to gigspigs, it will go to some other couple of guys. I've done that. On that podcast, it's the exact same format, but they have to go to multiple gigs in one night. Oh, no. Much worse. No. <laughs> it's me struggling with it as it is. So, just to give you the email address again, that is <laughs> gigpigspodcast at gmail.com of Google fame. Fantastic of Google fame. And obviously, please consume any element of Rose Matafair and Emma City's works. They're always fantastic. Do watch Starstruck for both of them at once. To plug ourselves, we're both going on tour. Ivo, you're going on tour. I'm going on a nationwide stand-up comedy tour with last year's Edinburgh show until May. And then, indeed, uh, we'll be starting preparation for this year's Edinburgh show in August, which will then go on tour in the autumn. It never stops. Although it has for you, actually, because you're not doing the Fringe I'm not year. doing the Fringe year. I'm going on tour with last year's show uh, mostly in March and April. Tickets very much still available. It's such um, a good show. I hugely recommend Alex Keeley, Winner Takes All. So, in summary... Send us an email to gigpigspodcast at gmail.com. Go watch Starstruck. Go watch us on tour. And crucially, please keep listening to Gig Pigs. We're very excited to be doing this. And we hope that you might derive some pleasure from it as well. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to Gig Pigs, a podcast by Keep It Light Media. Our photographs by the brilliant and patient Matt Strong. And our title music, and indeed the music playing right now, is by Foxes and Hedgehogs, whose album Brightest When It Sets I would heartily recommend. If you've enjoyed this, please like, subscribe, tell a friend, or email us at gigpigspodcast at gmail.com.